everyone, my name is Isabel House, and this is my senior presentation. It's based off of the literature review that I wrote for my senior project. But before I go into all the research that I found and presented to you guys, I wanted to uh, thank my professors. Um, it, whether you're watching the video or you're going to listen to the podcast, each and every one of you has played a part in my William Jessup um, experience. And each and every one of you has helped me grow through my four years at William Jessup. And I wanted to let you guys know that I am extremely, extremely grateful for you and the impact um, that you had on my life. Going into the effects of ADHD on TBI. My literature review was based on this purpose statement. And it says this paper will investigate the effects of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder on traumatic brain injury with specificity as it relates to athletes diagnosed with ADHD who experience a TBI. Health concerns related to ADHD and TBI affect children as well as adults. Before I really dug into the research on this topic, I um, only thought of ADHD as affecting children. And I did not know that it could go into adulthood and really cause serious health concerns there, but it does. ADHD is the most commonly diagnosed childhood disorder since 1960. And TBI is the leading pediatric cause of death or disability and disturbance in normal development. One of the ways that it can manifest itself, that ADHD can manifest itself in adulthood is through psychiatric problems. Children with ADHD lack coping mechanisms to deal with the struggles of life, and this oftentimes persists into adulthood and manifests as psychiatric problems. Long-term disability of TBI includes psychiatric problems, neuroendocrine diseases, sleep disorders, as well as seizures. So with the um, co-occurrence of psychiatric problems as long-term disabilities of both ADHD and TBI, we can begin to see the importance of going into this topic. Another thing um, is that those with ADHD have an increased chance in sustaining a TBI. Along with this, symptoms and recovery worsen when ADHD is coexistent with a TBI. Whether you have a current diagnosis of ADHD or a past diagnosis of ADHD, it doesn't matter. It will still increase your chance of sustaining a TBI as well as make your symptoms and recovery a lot worse than if you sustain a TBI without ADHD. Going into why I chose this topic, um, first of all, I think that it is an extremely pertinent topic. Um, TBIs are already detrimental apart from a comorbid diagnosis of ADHD. As we can see through the fact that I already mentioned, ADHD is the most commonly diagnosed childhood disorder and TBI is the leading pediatric cause of death. Um, the struggles of ADHD complicate normal habits of life enough without a comorbid occurrence of a TBI. To go more personally into my reason for uh, researching this topic is that in October of 2019, I experienced a serious sports-related concussion 
that changed my whole way of life for that semester. Um, I couldn't play soccer anymore and the season had already begun. It was my senior season. I could not go to classes. I had a hard time getting my work done. I was out for about a month. Um, and dealing with this experience um, brought to my attention the reality of how prevalent it is within sports. Um, and if that prevalence is challenged by anything, it's going to be the prevalence of ADHD. Uh, since both are so prevalent, it's an extremely important topic, and I want to be able to be as educated in it as I can. My vocational connection with this topic is uh, through coaching. Uh, that is my dream, and I want to be involved in coaching for as long as I possibly can. But due to the uh, appearance of ADHD and TBI within sports, um, as much as they are, I need to be educated in this area. In our textbook, the author says, just as our bodies can be weighted down with extra baggage, so our souls are encrusted with dross. What he means by encrusted with dross is that you can become spiritually complacent. Um, this relates to concussions because with a concussion, um, you become physically complacent, not because you just don't have a desire to do anything, it's because you physically can't. Um, and this physical complacency brings spiritual complacency. I experienced this um, pretty bad and I want to be able to help those physically recover, emotionally recover, mentally recover, and spiritually recover after a TBI. Um, as they are extremely pertinent in childhood sports today. A little background on ADHD is the DSM-5 defines ADHD by varying levels of inattention, disorganization, and or hyperactivity impulsivity. There are three subtypes of ADHD. The first subtype is a combined presentation, which would be inattention as well as hyperactivity impulsivity diagnostics. Um, the second subtype would be predominantly inattentive presentation, which means that um, the person is um, showing diagnostic criteria for inattentive presentation, and then predominantly hyperactivity impulsivity is the last subtype. ADHD is rated from mild to severe, and the main causation of ADHD is implicated through dysregulation of biogenic transmission. Now, knowledge on this um, is limited, but what I have found is that the dopamine receptor most strongly indicated in ADHD is the dopamine receptor D4. Um, the specific pathological mechanisms of how genes affect the development of ADHD are unknown. Um, so there needs to be you know, further research in that area still. Going on a TBI. A TBI is understood to be an alteration in brain function or other evidence of brain pathology caused by an external force. Alteration refers to a loss of conscience, loss of memory, or confusion disorientation. Um, the next phrase, other evidence of brain pathology, refers to any evidence of brain damage through 
a visual that you can visually see in a patient or um, through lab results that you may find. Caused by an external force can be many things. Uh, examples would be uh, your head being struck or deceleration, acceleration, brain movements, penetration, and or blaster explosions. There are th three classification levels, um, mild, moderate, and severe, that are determined by the Glasgow Coma Scale. The Glasgow Coma Scale um, runs off of three modes of behavior, eye-opening response, verbal response, and motor response. According to the scores that are determined um, through these modes of behavior, one is classified by mild, moderate, or severe. TBI is a risk factor for neurological and neurodegenerative diseases later in life, and the strongest evidence of a neurological disease exists for Parkinson's disease. This could be due to um, pathomechanisms such as oxidative stress, apoptosis, inflammation, diffused axonal injury, or cerebral blood flow alterations. There are many more. Those are just the most prevalent that I found throughout my research. Putting the two together, um, the most evidence for how they correlate is through ADHD and general TBI, ADHD and concussions, TBI and new, new onset ADHD, um, and then sport-related concussions that are more specifically for athletes. Um, there are other um, avenues of TBI, such as closed head injuries or mild TBI. Um, but the general TBI concussions, nuance ADHD, and sport-related concussions are the most prevalent um, for my topic. Going into ADHD and general TBI, right off the bat, um, we can see that TBI symptoms are all ADHD-like symptoms. If you've ever, you know, had a peer who has ADHD, um, you may see them deal with uh, impairment of memory or attention impulsivity or negative mood. Um, and then if you have seen someone struggle with TBI or the aftermath of TBI, mood are all things that these two um, victims will experience. In a study, um, 3,993 adults, it was found that 17.1% of adults had a lifetime of TBI. Uh, when I um, dug further into this, I found that 6.6 .6 adults with a lifelong TBI screened positively for ADHD, while 2.7 screened positively for ADHD without a lifelong TBI. 5.9% uh, of adults with lifetime TBI were diagnosed with ADHD by a medical professional, while 1.7 of those diagnosed with ADHD did not report a lifelong TBI. These results observed that adults who experienced lifetime TBI likely experienced a diagnosis of ADHD. Um, if you remember the percentages, uh, it was seen that you were more likely to have lifelong symptoms of TBI if you had ADHD, whether you screened positively for it or you were diagnosed um, with it by a medical professional. 
The association of lifelong TBI and ADHD was restricted to young adults ages 18 to 29. Um, but this makes sense because that age group is where a lot of TB TBI happens, as well as when ADHD transitions um, from childhood to adulthood. Um, so the overlap of conditions makes sense why association of lifelong TBI and ADHD happens um, to young adults ages eight. Is ADHD and concussions. A concussion is a mild traumatic brain injury due to axonal shearing. This is the most common type of TBI with 7.5% occurring in population ages 10 to 19. Studies found that pre-existent ADHD prolonged concussion recovery, that there was an increased rate of concussion for those with ADHD, and that there were greater amounts of symptoms and greater severity of those symptoms. These findings um, are very similar to what we found um, referring to general TBI. Um, but the fact that most concussions occur in the population of 10 to 19 just kind of is evidence of the prevalence of this issue. Um, within sport. TBI and new onset ADHD. Now this is a topic that is extremely understudied and underrepresented, um, but that is also because there's not a lot of research done on this. Um, this is a syndrome that develops following a TBI, otherwise known as secondary ADHD. Um, as I'm explaining it, I'll refer to it as secondary ADHD, but if new onset ADHD comes out, um, just know that they are the same thing. Secondary ADHD meets the diagnostic criteria when an individual um, starts experiencing ADHD or symptoms for the first time following a TBI. Um, so to explain that, this person wouldn't be experiencing ADHD symptoms or um, diagnostic criteria prior to the TBI. They would only start experiencing it after the TBI. And that is when secondary ADHD could be present. Um, it has been proven to appear after a moderate severe TBI, not after a mild one. So generally secondary ADHD appears after a moderate TBI or a severe one, but not following a mild one. Um, because secondary ADHD is a real, you know, a real neurological consequence of TBI, this adds to the correlation um, that exists between ADHD and TBI already. What I'm referring to is the correlation between TBI, general TBI and ADHD, ADHD and concussions, uh, and now we have this new correlation between secondary ADHD and TBI. Going into specificity to athletes, um, an estimated 1.6 to 3.8 million sport-related concussions occur each year. And ADHD increases an athlete's risk for sustain sustaining a sports-related concussion. Now, a sports-related concussion is simply a subset 
of mild traumatic brain injury. So all of the previous research um, that I have mentioned on concussions, and now I'm mentioning um, research on sports-related concussions, they all um, go together because they're both parts of mild traumatic brain injury. A study performed with 29 participants and 80 comparators found that 31 of participants with a mild TBI have ADHD and 9% rate of participants experienced a mild traumatic brain injury without ADHD. So it is more likely that you're going to experience a mild traumatic brain injury if you have ADHD. On top of this higher percentage of those experiencing mild traumatic brain injury, they are also more likely to experience multiple um, traumatic brain injuries if they have ADHD. These results are evidence for the extreme overrepresentation of ADHD among student athletes who have experienced an MTBI in the past or currently. So if you are a coach or um, an athlete involved in sports, um, those of your peers or players who have ADHD, if when they experience a TBI, it is likely that they will experience many more TBIs after that, and it is less likely for a player who does not have ADHD to experience multiple traumatic brain injuries. Implications of future research. Um, there were quite a few, but I chose the ones that I thought um, would be the most helpful for future research. Um, future research is encouraged to find if TBI or ADHD together bring more harm than a single condition. Um, so right now we know that TBI and ADHD bring harm um, when they coexist, but we do not know if it is more harm than simply TBI separately from ADHD. There are implications, but we need more future research to solidify the evidence. Um, more person-centered investigations are encouraged because each person is different um, and how each person deals with the TBI or deals with ADHD is different. So we need more single person-centered investigations to find out where to go with um, treatment and all that. The last one with specificity to athletes, future researchers encouraged to separate other comor comorbidities from ADHD. And what this one means is that right now with all the research that we have done on athletes, uh, we cannot tell what else is coming into play along with ADHD and TBI. So it is going to be important to separate those other things that may come into play from ADHD to really get um, down into specific um, mechanisms. Outstanding questions that I found or that I personally had um, were, do factors like age, or sex help moderate the health outcomes associated with comorbid TBI and ADHD? Because um, right now we don't know a lot about age. We have a lot of age group or specific um, populations, but not about singular age or sex either. Um, what specific mechanisms take part in causation of this comorbid relationship. So what this means is that, like I mentioned earlier, we don't have a lot of uh, research on specific patho mechanisms, 
Um, using ADHD as a, an example, I said that the dopamine receptor of D4 um, is indicated to play in the genetic effects in ADHD, but we don't know the specifics. And this goes for the whole morbid relationship between TBI and ADHD. What's the exact prevalence of ADHD in the athlete population? Um, the range of the prevalence of concussions within the athletic population was very wide, and we have no estimate of ADHD in the athlete population. The topic of secondary ADHD is extremely undiscovered and is in need of enlightenment. Um, I already went into this when I was referring to the slide on secondary ADHD, but um, to reiterate, there was not a lot of research on it, and it's simply because it's a hard topic to discover, but we need to put some more work in and figure out how ADHD and TBI relate in the aspect of secondary ADHD. So to conclude, um, a summary of the information that was found is that a diagnosis of TBI on top of a past diagnosis of ADHD increased likelihood of sustaining a TBI and prolongs and worsens recovery process. Referring to athletes, athletes with ADHD are more affected by sports-related concussions than athletes without ADHD. And lifetime effects of TBI are likely to occur because of diagnosed ADHD. Um, going back to the percentages that I found, um, those without ADHD are less likely to experience TBI um, lifelong, while those with ADHD are more likely to experience lifelong TBI and never really be able to recover. So to end, um, as you can see, TBI is extremely prevalent in our society as well as ADHD, but as sports begin to grow and um, become more of a popular thing and widespread um, hobby, this is going to, you know, really grow. ADHD and TBI are going to become more prevalent, more, even more prevalent than they already are. And due to this, it is our responsibility as coaches, athletic trainers, parents, um, athletes to really further dig into this research um, and figure out how to um, you know, lessen the appearance or danger of each of those when we can. Um, thanks for watching or listening. I hope that you guys like it. Um, and yeah, that was my senior presentation.